We got this working, you know, with the despite the the shutdown in our office with no internet. So we we got creative. We made this work. We're all working remotely. Uh, but yeah, Steve Trang, real estate disruptor, serial entrepreneur, and my focus is sales. So we got our sales training event coming up December seventh and eighth. If you guys are interested in that, come check it out. There we go. All right. And we also have new participant this week, Jesse Burrell. Welcome to the program. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Thank you so much for having me on. And my name is Jesse Burrell. I'm CEO of Batch Service. Been in the real estate game for around nine years. I own commercial, multifamily, single fi family, and I've wholesaled and flipped about 300 homes on top of that. So excited to be here and shop it up with you guys. Absolutely. Welcome on again. Welcome on again. And a veteran of the program, my guy, extra time needed if needed. Leon G. Barnes, what's going on, sir? What's up, Weasel? Yes, thanks for the go time. That's what the G stands for today. Always <laughs> giving me that extra go time. Uh, again, Leon G. Barnes with the Collective Genius. Um, I am the director of membership here as well as a real estate investor and I'm sure I haven't won yet, but we're gonna we're gonna fix that today. Okay, there we go. We're gonna get you on the board, and of course, it's week after week. He's got the most W's on the panel. CJ, what's going on, my boy? What's good? What's good? Virginia, I'm in charge of university, teach people how to take uh, nothing but a phone and make money online with real estate. So. Uh, Ready to win again. Uh, it's good to see everybody. Good to see here uh, as well. Welcome to the party. Uh, welcome to the new. Uh, and uh, let's get it. Let's get it <laughs> he just walked into my house and said, Welcome to the new. <laughs> there it is. We're starting early with the Razzle. So, everyone who is familiar with the program, what we do here is we ask the panel a series of six questions. We then give them 45 seconds to give their initial argument. Then we open up the floor for a little bit of disruption and argument. I love that part of it. Jesse, I hope you are ready for this because these guys get a little out of control. I got to try to tame them every once in a while, but I think we're going to go ahead and start with you to welcome you onto the program with question number one. You ready? Let's do it. All right. With the NBA season officially underway, which team currently mirrors your business? Go ahead and take your 45 seconds, sir. Absolutely. And my primary focus right now is batch service so batch leads batch good facing companies so we're providing software solutions to you guys so our focus is to be the best and the last team to win the championship is obviously the warriors so we mirror the warriors they may be struggling right this second but they're going to be there at the end they're going to do what it takes they got veteran leadership on the team so at the end of the day warriors is, is who i go with I like it i like it not needing the full 45 too there we go you win championships, it does all the talking for you. Let's go I'm ahead. Second or less. <laughs> uh, Steve, let's go ahead and go over to you. Well, I want to, I want to start out very clearly. We are not the Lakers because they are the most garbage, trash team <laughs> in the league, right? So we're the Suns, right? What do we do? We play defense. We hustle. We got strategy. We got offense. We don't leave any areas for weakness, right? So for us, the way we run our organization is everyone is excellent in their role, they have clearly defined roles, and they're consistent in their roles. So I would say the most uh, comparable is the Suns, the most well-rounded team in the league. The Suns? That's what we're going with us? Get out of here with us. 
<laughs> uh, Leon G. Barnes, go ahead and take your 45, sir. So a month ago, I would have never said this team, and Steve, our friend Jason Lewis will really like um, my response, which is the Utah Jazz. Why the Utah Jazz? <laughs> they are currently 10-3. and three. They are first in the Western Conference, and they traded away all of their superstars. I love love smartship. Smart leadership said, this isn't getting us over the hump. Let's make some decisions to get rid of some of our superstars and put value place talent in our system and let's go out and compete. And those young players are going out and competing every single night. If I'm comparing this and I'm going to compare this to my real estate investing business, I love superstars, but man, I, I much prefer to take uh, people that I see value in and grow them into superstars within my systems. Utah Jazz, that's the team right now. Okay, okay. And let's go ahead and bring it over to CJ to close us out. Yeah, you know, look, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know what these guys are really even talking about. You know, look, like the most offensively efficient team in the league right now is the Milwaukee Bucks, right? So what that says to me, why I feel like my business kind of really mirrors that, is they've got a cornerstone player in Giannis, but at the same time, they've got so many people that are integral, like in like just complete parts of the team and, and mechanisms to the the championship culture that uh, the, that the Bucks have, and and I think to run that type of lean, efficient operation in terms of a team in a small city uh, and create championship culture uh, speaks volumes. You don't have to have a bunch of superstars. You don't have to have the uh, the triple threat of three superstars or anything like that. You can still win championships with a really lean, solid team. Uh, where everybody knows their role and everybody shows up. All right, the floor is now open. Voting. I has like how I like how Leon just went straight to like standings for this question and just top team. It's the best team. And just that was it. I, I'm going to reject all of this. I don't know what these guys are talking about. And Leon went to the standings. Last I checked, I'm the only baller on this show. So I, you got to speak uh, okay. baller to know what I'm talking about. Ooh, I can't argue with him on that point. Damn it. <laughs> I think Who talking about champion? sports teams, right? And like, you know, how does your business mirror a sports team? I, I think this is a good question because all these teams look different, right? Like we saw that all over the years where you had to have multiple superstars on a team, but how long did that last? We saw what the Lakers look like right now. And I, and I think that the, the, the program efficiency of playing the game has changed, right? Where to, to Jesse's point about the Warriors, You've got, you know, people on the Warriors that have been like they've been nurtured through the culture of the organization. They've been raised up in the organization. Like look at Jordan Poole and some of these other guys. Uh, and so I think that speaks volume to a business as well. I, I think Chris is so spot on with this. And the reason that I, I chose the jazz on this particular response or this question is because I love intelligent leadership. And in times we've talked about this many times on this show about superstar employees and how they're hard to deal with. Eric and I, Brewer, who hasn't been on this show in months because I think we just ran him off. But um, <laughs> I think that we talk about this quite often is having a superstar versus bringing people in that have potential, put them in the right system and they start to flourish and become that and they grow up in your system. There's a lot to be said about that. 
And the reason I picked the Jazz is because I can see that that's their plan. The Lakers are still right now. Why they went after a bunch of superstars and got rid of all their young talent? I just want to know who at batch is Jesse Draymond Green and who did he punch? That's what I want to know. Well, what you guys keep alluding to is Chris talked about the Warriors and they are the champs. Leon talked about the greatness and and you know making sure that your people are being you know um, able to grow and thrive. The Warriors have already done that, so I've I've already I've obviously proven the best answer already is that that is I'm already showing you who the champs are and how to do it, and you guys are giving me other teams that are relevant. It's, it's but but how they build back that up, Jesse? They they had to build that back up by doing what losing to get those draft picks that helped them rebuild their championship team. That's actually not true. It was injuries. It was injuries of Steph and Clay. Um, so they got lucky, but sometimes, you know, your talent gets injured. Sometimes things happen. So, you know, they just bounce back like any great company would. We're talking about this season. I, I'm, not, I'm talking about the totality. <laughs> it's the beginning of the season. There's still the chance until someone beats them. It's irrelevant. Can I give you one other reason that I picked Utah? Uh, the reason I picked Utah is because right now we talk a lot about uh, – and we've talked a lot about this in the last – three, four months in our community, right now is the time to be lean. If you're running a business and you're not making, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. And if your runway isn't long in regards to your business has shifted so much, you're going to have to make some tough decisions and running lean and mean with the best talent that is currently on your team. You're going to have to make those decisions. And I feel like that team has done that and it's appropriate for where we are in the marketplace right now. I thought you picked Utah because you have more clients in Utah than any other state. No, it's actually not true. It's Phoenix, your market. I thought I thought it was because he, he was giving me Jeff Hornacek lookalike vibes. For <laughs> hey, Jeff Hornacek was great. The jumpers yeah, wet like that's that. What I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He was a baller, man. He was a the jumpers see, wet like I can see, that. I can see. I can see Leon with the socks and the shorts. Man. I see. I see yeah. what's going on. I and I and I can attest. On. You know, playing ball with Leon, the guy. The guy makes it rain, even with a double, triple rim, right? It was very frustrating. The problem, with that, the problem with that is I'm a better baller at 45 than I was at 18. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the competition level is also, you know, <laughs> down. So good for True. you. And listen, as a Knicks fan, Jeff Hornacek, we are never going to mention that name, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Trash coach. Unfortunately, um, Weasel, there's about 12 other coaches you can name as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And <laughs> um, CJ looks like with 44% of the votes, you are going to take this one. So an early W for you, sir. Round one. How you feeling? Man, good as always, man. As good as I always feel, man. You know, it's, it's Weasel, you know the vibes, man. It's hard being a winner sometimes. We're going to stop asking him that question. Yeah. Stop asking how he feels after he wins a round. It's just unnecessary. We don't need to hear it three or four times in a show. I keep asking it to see if I can like throw him off or like what can you say <laughs> so many times. Start asking us how we feel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Make this therapy. Well, with that being said, one point to CJ and the U, and we'll move on to question number two. And CJ, we'll start with you. Uh, when should you be looking into a new market when your current market has been hit hard? Your 45 seconds starts. Yeah, I think we're moving into an economy where every market is going to be hard. I mean, you got to choose your heart at some point, right? Like for me personally, I just had this conversation with some of my students this morning. I look at it like this. Like I'm more fluent in how I look at a market now because like 
what is choosing a market when you're running a lean operation? To me, it's just data, marketing, and sales. And so how much does it really cost you to test out opportunities in different markets? Because that's going to be fluid. You know, the market that's working this month or this quarter is not going to be the exact same market that may be working at the top of the year or second quarter of 2023. So you've got to be fluid. You've got to have a process in which you're willing to go spend a little bit of money to test out a market opportunity, see if it has some runway there, and then you can go stick there and then or, or move into a different market. So the, every market's hard right now. I'm being fluid and, I, and I'm working in multiple markets and, and, and paying attention to what that looks like. Okay. Let's go over to Steve Trang. So I think, I think if you're going to be looking to a new market, you got to ask yourself some, some difficult questions first, right? Um, I think if you're, if you're doing your business locally and you're trying to go virtually, you're going to have some challenges that you have not experienced before. So uh, if I'm going to go to another market, I want to make sure that I was running a good business before because revenue and sales hit a lot of mistakes. Trust me. I know we hit a lot of mistakes, right? So, I want to make if you feel confident, then you can start investing, but I would not go hard and do what I did and just go TV in a new market, right? That's what we did in Albuquerque. That's what we did in Oklahoma city, right? You want to start a little bit smaller, get a network, um, and, uh, make sure you know what you're doing and connected to the right people, uh, beforehand. But I would say quick answer is make sure you get your systems dialed in first. Okay. Let's go over to Leon G. Barnes. I would agree with both CJ and Steve. Um, and I'm just going to add to this. Um, I have the luxury of having 300 plus members in a community that I get to daily talk about difference, the differences in one market to the next in different regions of the country. I'm, I'm actually having this conversation weekly right now, especially in the mountain region in Phoenix and Salt Lake and Boise and Reno, some of these markets that have just gotten hammered. Um, and I can also attest that my market is in the Midwest and just like 2008, the crash of that, we don't see massive appreciation, nor do we see the massive downside that the Phoenixes. Um, the Miamis, um, some of these markets, Las Vegas is that were hit really, really hard in 2009. So I do think it's a good strategy. But to Steve's point, before you go anywhere, make sure you have your house in order. Okay. And when should you look into a new market when your current market has been hit hard? Uh, it's, it's one word and it's what we follow everything by. It's data. Uh, you should look at the data and uh, I want to elaborate on that, and it depends. Um, they're, they're, I feel like they're talking more wholesale, but what are you doing? Are you looking to go buy rentals? Then that's where you want to go to those really hit markets to where you could start um, getting huge discounts. I was just talking to Zach Keeps the other day who's in Phoenix and has over 300 properties, and he said he's buying like crazy right now because everything he's getting is so incredibly deep. Now, if you're wholesaling, um, uh, I, I agree with all the things that they're saying, but if you do decide to go to, to a new market, to elaborate on what Chris said a little bit more is I would go find strong buyers before I'd spend a dollar marketing. And he said, you know, test the money, but I would actually go look for buyers first and make sure you're finding actual people buying. Am I up? Is that time? Oh, you can, you can finish the thought. You can finish the thought. Finish the thought. And, and then for fix and flippers, uh, tread with caution. Uh, the, I, I wouldn't touch anything if I were you. And that's my thought. There we go. 
As the host of the show, I want to say thank you for honoring the rules of the program because you're the only <laughs> person who has done that so far. It's you just a yellow light. It's just a yell. <laughs> <laughs> flashing yellow. It's not even a yellow. It's Jesse, a flashing Jesse yellow. kind of looked like he was going to jump in the car and, and come down uh, whatever highway you guys got over there and put hands on Weasel. <laughs> I felt it. I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> I got the VPN. You can't track me. <laughs> yeah. Joking aside, there's a lot of great answers, a lot of great information that was given, um, data, um, getting your house in order, making sure that before you move on to something else, uh, make sure that your systems and processes are in place. And Steve speaking from experience mm -hmm. on that. Uh, I would also say one more addition here. I know that the business can be done virtually. I understand that a lot of people have success, but right now, if you're going to do this, in addition to finding buyers and having the right data, I would also be looking at strategic partners with boots on the ground. Right now, to me, I think it's more important than ever to have belly-to-belly -belly acquisitions. I really feel that strongly about this market and how you have to if you buy deeper, you will always be able to sell uh, that asset. But those that are not buying deep like they have been for the last two years, they're struggling with dispoing those properties. So I would really advise if you're going to do this, make sure that you have local boots on the ground that you trust. Real quick on that. So to Leon and Jesse's point, right? So Leon first. When he's talking about, you know, being in a position to go on belly to belly again with sellers, I, I want to make sure people understand why that's important right now. Because people's emotional states are going to be increasing over the next 6, 12 to 36 months. And so when people's emotional states increase, the, the human connectivity of sitting down at the kitchen table and negotiating a contract or conversation becomes very important to close somebody. So I do agree with that. Jesse's point, <clears throat> when Jesse's talking about uh, you know, the truth of the market and some of these different things, also I think what Jesse's saying, which I agree with, is the exit strategy portion of how you pick a market. You know, like you have to have a, a defined exit strategy or exit strategies when you're picking a market because the market can very much dictate what you can do as far as how you dispo that 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 asset, whether it's a rental, a seller finance, a fix and flip, whatever, that becomes really important. Yeah. And real quick, what, what I meant by data was a property data or anything like that. It's looking at the data trends for those cities and seeing what's getting hit, how they're getting hit, talking to the buyer, see how much is being bought. What's the inventory look like on the market? That's what I really meant is, is we're very data-driven as a company. And if, if you're owning a real estate investing company, you need to start looking into those things right now, especially if you're looking to go into a new market. Yeah. Good round all around. Uh, Jesse, I want to give you your props, man. You had CJ on the ropes there for a little bit with the voting. But the VAs have kicked in, and he's <laughs> bots, VAs, all of them. Jesse, welcome to the U, man. It's good to see you, man. It's good to see you. We gotta have uh, we gotta have all these people on paying eight dollars a month <laughs> to verify they're not bots. That's a perfect segue. There it is. There it is. All right. Uh, yeah, forty-seven percent. We're gonna close out this question. It looks like, and it is a perfect segue into question number three. So, CJ. Is Elon Musk buying Twitter a mistake or is this a, another instance of the shiny object syndrome? I think it's too hard to say yet, right? I think it's part, I uh, to hold him accountable. He paid 
uh, I want to say like 27 billion over uh, their their market capitalization or, or value valuation, which is weird, right? So I think his means or intent is to control free speech. Uh, he can say that he's promoting free speech. I don't know if that's really accurate or not. I think it's to control free speech on a on a one of the largest social platforms for communication to public uh, that exist in the world right now. And I think he's already starting to display that. Uh, a little bit where he'd be able to recover it as an asset and create money out of it. I don't think Twitter was even making money when he decided to purchase it. We're in this weird, weird internet world of company valuations and people paying for things uh, that have not yet produced revenue ever. Uh, so uh, the ad platform is trash. I can say that as someone who runs a lot of ads, uh, the ad platform is trash. The UI isn't that great. So we'll see. I'll leave it at that. All right. All right. Let's go over to uh, Jesse. What are your thoughts on Elon buying Twitter? Do I think it's a mistake? Uh, I would go with no. I, I think Elon is a very purpose-driven person to where I think with what he's done with Tesla, what he did with uh, PayPal, what, what he's done for everything is I think he's very passionate about his mission and his purpose. And and I honestly don't think uh, money is always what he's after. It's It's his purpose. Uh, he on everything he's touched has turned into very, very profitable businesses. So I think when you come from a purpose-driven place and, and you have a, a clear definition of where you want to go, um, money tends to follow him. And I think he'll turn around. I think it's going to be very profitable in the future. Okay. All right. Let's go over to uh, Steve Trang. Your thoughts? Uh, I think it's 100% a mistake, a uh, complete mistake, only in the context if you compare it to what he's – his mission is, and his mission is to get man on Mars, right? He's been very clear for a long time now, everything he's doing was to get a man on Mars, right? The reason why he's doing Tesla was to get enough money and get and invest in this technology, right? To build a rocket that can get us to Mars. So if you're looking at what his purpose and his mission is, this is completely out of alignment with that. With that being said, I love that he's doing it, right? I'm a giant Elon fanboy, And I think that he can turn it around. If anyone can turn it around, it'd be him. I mean, what, the first thing he did when he bought it, it was he locked out all the engineers at, t at Twitter and brought in his best minds from Tesla, right? So he's going to be run right. He's going to be run properly. He's going to be successful. But in the context of are you doing this to get you closer to your purpose, fulfilling your purpose, or are you doing this to prove a point, I think ego kind of got in the way a little bit. So I have a question for you, Steve. When you say turn it around with Twitter, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, are you speaking financially or just like the censoring of everything, of the accounts? I think for sure he's going to fix the censoring problem, right? You can see how angry the left is, uh, but I think financially as well. I think it's going to actually be a profitable <laughs> company. He'll figure out a way to make it profitable. Yeah, I think he's already doing it. Twitter blue, go get your check marks, folks. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and finish with Leon G. Barnes. Your time is started. Can I stop the press for a second? Stop the press. Steve Trang just said something against his man crushed. His man crush, he actually said it was a distraction. I have never seen him say anything negative towards his man crush. Um, if I'm looking, I think CJ said this earlier, from the surface. So from the surface, if I'm just looking at this as a business play, and Steve kind of ended with that, I don't think it's um, a mistake. There was a quote that I read from a person that was much, much smarter than me, uh, an Ivy League individual that said, quote, their business sucks. They need radical transformation. What do we do as real estate investors? We look for opportunities. We look for struggling 
assets, struggling businesses. We look for things that we can add value to. And from that sense, I don't say it's a, I don't see it as a mistake if I'm just talking about the business side of things. Okay. We do have a comment. Stephen Collar says, Steve, I have a hundred dollar bet. The value will increase 50% in 24 months against your 20. What do you think about that? I think he's right. I think his value is going to increase. I think I think Elon's going to do it well with it as a business. So I'm not going to take that bet. Uh, you know, I think I think he's going to do well financially, and I think for his short term goals of of having a better town square and have better good. Again, I'm looking at perspective, right? Like as all of us get older, I don't. I think maybe Jesse's the only one here potentially under 40, right? The rest of us are. Oh, I'm 36. I'm 36. <laughs> well, you look like you're 45 anyway. That's because I'm handsome, wow. brother. That's because I'm, I'm handsome. My skin is clear, man. My skin is clear. I look, I but, look younger, Chris, and I'm older than I'm. But, that's the funny part. <laughs> but as we get older, right, like we're, 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 we're doing our business to fulfill a purpose. And we have to have our eyes set on the prize. And I, I think that this is not consistent or in line with what he's saying as far as mission and purpose. But Steve, my question to you is like, how is he going to communicate from Mars? He has to have Twitter to do that. So I, I'm <laughs> he's got Starlink. Right he's got it. Exactly. He's got exactly. Starlink. He's going to control the internet in the world, <laughs> right? And that and that's like a, a cool thing, right? With Twitter, yeah, he can get shut down. In your opinion, he can get shut down in Russia. Guess what? He just fires up Starlink. He can tweet all around the world. So that's why he has Twitter. You just prove my point right now. It's part of his purpose. I think I think we're missing the bigger picture. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, right? Uh oh. <laughs> all right. I know you guys like Elon and all that, but I think I think we're missing the much larger picture if we're all going to just be brutally honest right now. I think we all as business owners have seen or been a part of moments in our time, or our career, where we get distracted by something. All right. I think there's a fundamental issue at Tesla that Twitter is going to create an extreme distraction for Elon Musk. Because here's how simple this really all becomes to me in my mind. If we just look at the EV auto market, in three to five years, Tesla will be a low-grade vehicle selection. That's the truth. Because you don't see new designs coming out. You don't see new ingenuity coming out. They're pushing to become more of a battery company, really. You have companies like Mercedes, Range Rover. All these, all these companies are now putting hard focus on their EV automobiles. And they're focusing on design. They're, they're focusing on ingenuity. And they're rolling out new models and different things. I think you're going to start to see where Elon got extremely distracted by Twitter and a lot of that energy and effort should have stayed at, at Tesla. Uh, so A, I already said it was a distraction. So I don't think you went out on a limb there. Uh, B, um, he's already said he doesn't really care about the Tesla being a car company, right? Like uh, a lot of his uh, technology, uh, all the information for all the batteries that they make is not uh, a situation where you have to license it. He takes all his information that he has from the engineers and he publishes it so that other car companies can make good quality electric vehicles. So he wants Mercedes to make a good Mercedes electric vehicle. He wants all these other companies to catch up, which is but crazy. Steve, since you're the Elon yeah. fanboy, uh, I have a question. Yeah. Aren't they just so much further along with just the technology and all the driving and, and all that stuff? But Because that's the difference. I, I agree with you, Chris. They can maybe catch up, but they're so far away from like the road mapping and the software side of things, I believe, is that's where they're really light ahead from what I've learn but you'd probably know better yeah they're 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 really really far ahead but again like they want to they do actually want people to catch up which is different right That's but they do weird. want people to catch up because they want a world where you know we're not reliant on gasoline and then, jesse what year did you start bitch uh 2018 
Somebody was ahead of you in 2018 by far, right? Of course. And did you catch up? Uh, a few people, yeah. I mean, it's easy. It, it, it's not hard to run somebody down. It's not hard to run a business down. It's just, it's just, does the new person, because when, you, when you're ahead, are you focusing hard enough on in infrastructure and staying ahead and, yes. creating, and creating new? Most, a lot of people get ahead and they get so far ahead that they stop doing that. And then there becomes a Jesse that starts a batch and you have no idea that he's running you down. And by the time you figure that out, he's got a well-oiled machine that can just blow right past you. I'm just, just my thoughts. Just my thoughts. Yeah, that's I, I that's actually what, go ahead. Go ahead, Leon. I just going to say, I think we've made it very clear from a perspective of his current businesses. Absolutely. It's a mistake because it's a distraction, but if we're looking at it from just a business play uh, on the upside of, of purchasing that asset that has as many eyeballs as it does, I think we could all agree that it's a smart play, but it is a bad to play in regards to his current business as a distraction. And How the hell did Chris, Chris win this round? Chris, this Chris to your point, uh, what you just said to me is what keeps me up every night to make sure that that doesn't happen to us. But you're not distracted by Twitter. <laughs> Me personally, no. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I, I couldn't even answer the NBA question because I haven't watched the game because I've been so busy working on the business. No doubt. Is yeah, Steve, you were uh, you were doing pretty well, and then again, the VAs kicked in, and CJ was <laughs> slightly with a 39 percent lead. <laughs> the US I, need, I need Elon to buy Google so he'll fix <laughs> yeah. the problem too. Tell him to, hey, tell him to pay over value for the U. How about that? <laughs> DJ takes that round slightly, about 5%. Steve, you did pretty good. You did pretty well. Um, we're going to go ahead and move on to question number four. Just a quick reminder guys, make sure you like the video. Thumbs up for these guys. Subscribe. Check these guys out on their socials. We'll be giving them away at the end of the program. Uh, as well as follow the part into the disruption official YouTube channel. They'll be in the comments in the chat. Uh, you can find all of the clips from this show, previous shows as well, uh, all on that channel. So with that being said, we'll start with CJ for question number four. Where is the best place to find new home buyers in your opinion? Yeah, I mean it's 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 funny what 12 months will do to you, right? So, you know, we've we've shifted really to more of a buyer's market. And I think you've got to go create buyer relationships right now. So for us, that's pulling data on buyers and pulling recent buyer data. The buyers that were active 12, 24 months ago are not the exact same buyers that are active today. So pulling more recent buyer data, uh, going and reaching outbound, right? So, you know, cold calling, texting, emailing out uh, and creating relationships with these buyers in your markets, starting with the heaviest buyers first, uh, at the top and then working downwards uh, from there, I think is extremely critical. The days of just posting a deal on Facebook Marketplace or throwing it on Craigslist or blasting it out to two or three buyers that are your VIP. Uh, you've got to get on the hunt again on the buy side to make deals happen and get them sold. All right. Let's jump over to uh, Steve Train. Uh, so what I was going to say when I saw this question before was, you know, going to MLS, pulling up the tax records, finding all the buyer, cash buyers for the last three to six months. I think that would be a great place to start. Remind uh, Rodrigo in the show today, you know, and, um, you know, Wholesale Sharks. And they're getting all of their buyers from loan officers, right? They're going to the loan officers because the lenders have access to all these people's financials. And they're saying, who do you know? 
them have some cash or is interested in some properties and they're selling them, they're selling them their deals through either cash situations or financing. Right. But uh, I think it's a, another way to create a strategy is just go talk to loan officers because they're pretty savvy. We might get frustrated with them, but they're pretty savvy and they actually look at people's financials on a daily, on a daily basis. Okay. Uh, Jesse, where's the best place to find new buyers? That's a great question. I mean, th these guys are pros at what they do. So, I mean, I'm going to have to piggyback onto what both of them said is, is I think when I started in 2014, it was a much different thing, right? Right now you can't just get a big list and email blast 200,000 people and expect a deal. You have to go old school. You have to create, go through your whole entire buyer's list. I think you should be calling them, building those personal relationships um, for the ones that uh, are buying and for the ones that you don't have on your list now. That's where you should be gathering the data, as they said, is the, who's bought in the last three months and then and picking up the phone and having someone call them and, and not a VA, having someone that really understands, are you buying? If you are, what are you buying? Reverse wholesale that. And that's where your marketing dollars should go to is, people who are actually buying today that's how deals will be sold that's the only way to make money right now there you go all right and uh leon g barnes bring us home so i've got a couple parts here number one uh, if you can get your deals to the mls whether that's taking the deal down or that's novating shout out to eric brewer and his his strategy um, if you can get it to the MLS, that's the best bet for you uh, we put our first property on in a while yesterday or two days ago at three offers and one of them uh, was cash. So there's still people buying uh, investment grade properties off the MLS if you can get it there. The second part is if you can't not get it to the MLS and you are traditionally wholesaling, then a lot of what these guys told you is so accurate. You need to be working those relationships. There's a lot of agents right now that are struggling, that uh, need, cat, that, that are looking for opportunities, looking for offers. They, they're not doing a lot of deals right now in a lot of different markets, bigger cities. Um, we used to rely a lot on data and I'll finish this up real quick. We used to rely on data and what they gave you is so accurate. It's the people that have bought in the last three months, but more importantly, go find the people that are going to buy tomorrow. How do you find that individual? You have to be working the people that work in, in relationships with people that have said, I'm raising my hand, I'd like to buy rental properties. Go find the person that is not showing up on any of the data, the investor lists of the world or any of the buyer sonar. They're not on those lists today. You have to go out and find them. The best way to do that is through networking. That was not just finishing a thought. That was like a monologue. Hey, we Jesse, this uh... We were going to the end here anyway. We were going to go back and forth, so I might as well get out my last thought, right? There you go. Hey, Jesse, does Bash offer uh, buyers? Yeah, we, we have a bunch of cash buyers. And then also we do have filters to so you can start filtering people that own multiple properties because you don't just want a cash buyer that's bought in X amount of years. You want to filter it to a, a time frame and people that do have multiple properties. And we're working on ways to show uh, of if, if there's slip transactions as well as something that is on a roadmap too. Okay. So if someone yeah. wanted to get some cash buyers, they can also reach out to Batch. Yeah. We have the best LLC skip tracing out there. If, if you're, if you're going to get cash buyers and we all said to call them, then you better have the best data to make sure you don't waste your time. Part of it too, man, is, is look, you got to stack the cash buyers. Who are the guys that are doing this full time? Like the guys that are doing this full time, they don't have a job to go back to and wait this thing out. They're in the, they're in the, 
right? Like who are those people? You want to contact those people first. How does business function in totality? People like to do business with the people they like. And so if people have choice in the market now, see sellers previously had choice, right? So when we were in a seller's market, the sellers didn't have the choice of wanting to do business with the people that they liked and wanted to do business with. But now they're increased in motivation. The economy and the market is changing. So they're gonna be more motivated to sell, even if it's to somebody they don't like. But on the buy side with an influx of, of properties on the market or available to purchase, people are gonna be going to buy from the people they feel they like and have relationship to and there's a value exchange equally on both sides. Yeah. So, I think the other thing too is uh, uh, if you're going to find buyers that are, hey, I don't want, I actually don't want to deal with buyers that buy a lot of properties because they're better negotiators, right? Yep. So I actually don't want to sell to those guys. So I'm going to sell to someone that's a little bit less experienced. Uh, I, I would also want to provide services as well, right? You know, a, a referral for a hard money lender, right? A referral for a contractor, this or that, again, to deepen the relationship to, just, uh, to Chris's point. Some of the best uh, strategies that I've heard uh, recently um, have been being a concierge type service right. uh, on the other side, right? You've got a high net worth individual, high W2 earner that's looking to get into. Jimmy Vreeland, who's been on the show, has this right now that he's doing brings you in, helps you buy the property, finds you a lender, manages the property for you at a discounted rate and is more of a concierge service. Finding that person again, the best analogy that I've heard is eight months ago, we were really focusing in on the needle, the person that was buying a bunch of properties. Shout out to Eli and Chris Richter at Audantic. They gave me this analogy is that we were focused a lot on that needle. Today, you got to go work the haystack. The entire haystack is who you need to be after. And that's building relationships with people that are more most likely to buy their first or second uh, investment property that doesn't they don't show up on this list. And yeah, then, I think. The, go ahead, Jesse. I was going to say to Steve and Chris, your point as well as Steve, um, you talking about that person that wants the first or second deals. This is the time to go to a lot more networking. And then Leon, as you said, concierge do they have a contractor uh what do they need do they have a hard money place you're able to start providing them with those resources and, and chris for what you're saying is you want to build that relationship like you truly want to understand and help these people and and people want especially in times like this people want to work with people that they like that like they, they have a lot more choices now 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 it's when building those relationships really really, really matter and, and actually and caring and helping these people yeah, that's one thing that we're teaching right now to what Leon's point was, right? Like creating that concierge white glove type of experience, you know, creating a relationship with hard money, creating a relationship with realtors, contractors, the team needed to execute on the investment opportunity that you're selling to somebody, you know, working on trying to sell stuff like that. But I want to give Leon some credit here, too, on something he said that we didn't touch on too much. Uh, getting deals to face MLS at, at the end of the day, right? Like if that's something that I'm prioritizing extremely heavy right now in my business. If you can get deals, you know, facing out towards MLS, it's the biggest buyer's list in the world at the end of the day. It's a unique monopoly, right? But the biggest buyer's list in the world right now. And and, and the, the guy in the corner is never going to come to the re event. And then the person that's on YouTube, they're both looking there. Right. So that, that's a great place for people to start. Well, and, and everyone tell, tell, is telling me right now, you can't get multiple offers in this marketplace. And we just got three on one property in less than 24 hours. So the MLS is always strong if you can get there. 
Um, and in addition, you know, I was just going to say about this concierge service, Weasel, shout out to you for always giving concierge service where Chris can just show up and win, <laughs> win every week. <laughs> well, listen. My man not. shows up, microphone in his face, winner. Since <laughs> yeah. we're on the subject of winner, Leon, I got I to gotta drop the bombshell right now. Came <laughs> through with 33% of the points. The My voting man. was in your favor, sir. Oh, man. Yeah, shout out to Leon with that one, man. I, I, listen, I, could see, I saw him bend over and text the wife. I saw it. <laughs> it said, hey, let's vote. Let's get the hey. kids to vote right now. We need to win. Chris, we need to win. The, the wife and the kids, because the kids are home because there's a tropical storm here. So all three of them got me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Listen, the details are relevant. All that matters is you took the W. This yeah, round goes to Leon G. Barnes. And we are on to question number five. So, Leon, we'll start with you. Uh, what digital marketing strategies have you thought about implementing into your business? So this is my you know, the main strategy that I use for my investment business. So these are not things that I'm, I'm thinking about. These are things that I currently do. And I can tell you that in a market like this, when we talk about running lean and mean, um, there are a lot of people that have just gotten into this business over the last three to five years and haven't seen a down market that there's two things that they're cutting. They're cutting their marketing expense uh, and they're cutting their personnel um, to survive. Uh, and those that survive will come out on the other side better, whether that's six months, 12 months, two years, what have you. Uh, but for me, uh, I'm, I'm doubling down on PPC. Uh, lead aggregators have been very, very successful for us. And uh, there's digital real estate is not going away, right? So I'm always trying to get better placement from an SEO standpoint. So SEM and SEO are have always been a part of our investment business. Okay. Uh, Chris Jefferson, your thoughts? Yeah, I'd say PPC as well. It's something that we've kind of pushed out against over the last couple of years because it hadn't been a huge need. But uh, something we're certainly looking at and visiting right now, because at, at the end of the day, right, like if you can uh, use, you know, a little bit of and create, a, create an opportunity where you can create some inbound opportunities and leads of some highly ability to be able to do that. Uh, I think you've got to be really kind of set up to not work singular markets when it comes to PPC. You really got to be able to go cast a much wider net uh, in many instances. But yeah, PPC, uh, I think is a, a great strategy uh, right now for sure and, and something we're heavily looking into. Okay. Perfect timing. Let's go over to uh, Steve Train. Your thoughts? Yeah. I, I don't know how many different options there are. You know, I think Google Pay-Per-Click is really where it's at. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what, what other options there are. So I don't know, maybe just to be contrarian, maybe uh, investing in social media. You know, you're talking about running lean. If you're a solopreneur, uh, building a brand for yourself. You know, obviously you see that I've invested a lot of money into this. Uh, Chris has invested a lot of money into this. I wish he could get high-speed internet, but beyond that, <laughs> like, you know, building a brand, getting, uh, putting content out there, letting people know what you do so you stay top of mind conscious so that people send you deals and so on. Um, so I say that's another alternative, especially if you're running lean. Um, but I mean, I think the default answer is Google pay-per-click. I don't know what other, what else there is. Okay. And Jesse, bring us home. So you guys don't know about this because it's super secret, but leads are in Reddit. I'm just kidding. It's only people. <laughs> I'm on Reddit all the time. Hold on. <laughs> no, uh, I think I, there's nothing else I could add. I've wholesaled in 48 states. Um, to Chris's point, 
if you want to cast a wide net, it gets much cheaper with the PPC. But if we're talking about hard to find buyers down to your local market, um, depending where you're at and getting belly to belly, as as Leon said, but uh, I I hate to give Steve props because we're very competitive against each other. But <laughs> I, I think social media was by far uh, the best answer. That that if you want to stay lean, you can start getting deals. People want to do stuff with you like that. That I mean, PPC is is still pretty expensive. So depending where you're at in your business, if if you're doing big business, obviously PPC is the way to go. But if if you're a newer uh, entrepreneur in real estate investing, uh, Steve hit it on the head. Uh, in my opinion. Thank you, Jesse. I think number one, step one for digital marketing again, uh, for, for, uh, for Chris is maybe, you know, uh, fiber, like looking to fiber <laughs> internet. Um, like, I think they, they call it gigabit in Phoenix, something. <laughs> it's charged up mobile, man. Charged up wire. <laughs> so I, I think that you sorry. hit on some great points there, Jesse, in regards to cost, right? So search engine marketing, generally, if you're going to do it well, PPC advertising, it's going to cost you five to 10 grand a month, right? Minimum. If you're doing it correctly, it's, and, and you're only focused on one market. Um, but it's, it's generally the lead that is the most motivated, and you have to answer that phone every single time. Um, but it is, it is a great lead to get. Um, SEO is more of a long-term play to get real estate. It's not going to give you today results. So right now, it's probably not the best strategy if you're if you're a smaller operator because it's going to be a six to 12, 24 month play. So if you are a smaller operator, what Steve gave you is gold. That social media side, especially going back to our last um, our last question, if you're looking for local buyers. Tell people via social media and build that following. You can do both. Hey, I can buy and I can sell. Who's looking for properties? Yeah. To add on to that real quick, you know, one thing that we're looking at and we haven't implemented, but it's something we've been spending a lot of time taking a look at is also not just looking to use, you know, um, pay-per-click in the form of maybe like Facebook ads or Instagram ads, something like that in the terms of an acquisition perspective, but also looking at it from a disposition perspective and looking at marketing some of our investment opportunities through the use of digital marketing ad spend, right? Like through Instagram ads, through Facebook ads, uh, can we create sales funnels or opportunities where we can uh, show the, the deals that we may have for sale and get them out to a much wider audience? Like it's almost like, can we create our own MLS uh, by paying for it uh, versus, you know, some of the other strategies? Yeah, I like where you're going with that, Chris, because that's something I'm thinking about for Q1, a potential initiative within our organization is firing back up my traditional real estate team. It's something that we're, we're talking about internally. And the reason why is if we fire back up our traditional real estate team, we're going to get a lot of leads, right, for buyers mm -hmm. and sellers. Not great necessarily for wholesale, but every, uh, maybe like every fifth or 10th lead, oh, you know, they came from an, a seminar. They watched a late night infomercial. Uh, they went, they, um, you know, they got a piece of mail, they're listening to the radio. It's like, Oh, I want to be a real estate investor. You know, they're watching HDTV and we're going to get that guy before, you know, they're on someone else's uh, cash list. Yeah. I think the, the best, um, the best way to say this in regards to acquisitions and dispositions over the last three years, uh, and we may even mentioned this on the show before, acquisitions was where everyone put all of their focus because dispositions was easy. Uh, if you're going to do a marketing strategy, a digital marketing strategy, just make sure during this market right now, 
especially if you're assigning contracts, that you're spending equal time on the dispo side with that strategy that you do on the acquisition side. And Chris, real quick, just just food for thought, if you're going to potentially be dispoing on Facebook and IGs, remember the privacy stuff Apple just did to where they're not crawling or falling. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know all about it, man. They're, so uh, I, I was just making sure you knew it like, may man. not be... Yeah, that's, and that's why I mean it's the hard part, right? Like most people don't know that, right? But earlier this year and late last year, man, uh, Apple made some adjustments, right? Everybody probably remembers the update uh, when you updated your phone and asked you if you wanted to continue to be tracked. Uh, so we're we're definitely in interesting times digitally as Apple prepares their ad platform as well. That's why that's Google's fine. so strong, and that's why when all you guys answered, you know, PPC, I'm like, because I know from our marketing efforts uh, for Batch is like. Facebook and Instagram are so much harder to market on now. It's uh, yeah. PPC is, is really where it's at because someone's searching something, there's a search engine, uh, you, you're getting the customer that you want, and it, it's a lot harder to see your metrics uh, on Facebook and Instagram today. We did have a comment from uh, Kai Herbert. He asked, what's PPC? And shout out to Larry and the uh, Real Estate Disruptors channel for, for answering him, saying pay-per-click ads. But anything you guys would want to add to just, you know, kind of that, that Google. Uh, Google pay-per-click ads is it's it's Google so yeah. well it's Google it can be Bing it can be Yahoo even True. though those obviously don't bring in as much as many eyeballs but it also it is a common term uh, used for Facebook advertising as well you're paying for a click uh, of, on that particular ad and uh, just to let you guys know is we've actually had a lot of success with Bing because you may get that customer that just has that preloaded on there um I don't know if you guys have looked into that at all, but Bing, we've actually had a ton of success in the last six months, just to FYI. I've heard Bing ads are smoking too, man. Uh, I haven't tried it, but I've heard that myself. Well, I know that, well, I know that way back in the day, in the olden days when I used to sell advertising, that uh, SEM was one of the first things that we sold. And I know at that given time, Yahoo and Bing uh, combined, because Bing ran the search for Yahoo, had about 15% of the market share. I'm guessing that's a lot less, but there are a lot of machines that are um, that are preloaded, especially Microsoft, that are preloaded with Bing, that I'm sure there's a good 10% at least that people are missing out on on that side. But if no one's touching the We Buy Houses stuff uh, for paid ads, on I mean, that's a great place to look into for your market, for sure. Yeah, because how much of that 15% can you grab? Yeah. I mean, we, we yeah, had I'm not sure that that, I, I'm guessing 15% is not there that, at that high anymore, but even if it's 5%, right? right? Yeah. How much of it can you grab if nobody else is there? Right. Yeah. Well, I and think then, people are there, right? Like if you look at any responsible PPC manager, if you use any service provider, right? It's not that hard to copy from Google to, uh, to Bing and Yahoo, right? Like when I used to do my own ads a long time ago, literally it was just this, the software you use. Would you like to run the same exact identical ads on Bing yeah. and Yahoo? That's yes, right. it's it. they, they built yes. the exact same it's interface. It's same interface. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a quick question, yeah. a little off topic. I have a quick question, a little off topic. But when we're talking about buyers, have has anyone looked into uh, LinkedIn at all? No, nah, it's on my list, man. But I know somebody that's having some pretty solid success with it. Especially if you're looking for that, what Steve was talking about, that newer person that's getting their first, second, or third home. There's a lot of ways to chop up uh, the success. I mean, you could you could go into your market and who are all the directors or VPs of this and start 
outreaching them, I think there could be some really creative ways to find and build some yeah. new relationships. We have some, Jesse, that are within CG that are that market, uh, they're turnkey, um, uh, turnkey rehabbers that that's how they sell a lot of their their assets and they they go directly to LinkedIn, like you said, to find that executive level individual to add to their funnel. Love hey, Chris, it. I keep hearing you say you're going to, you know, it's on your list. I want you to I encourage you after the show to go back and watch the segment on Elon Musk and shiny objects. In there. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's, that's why that's, it's that's, on my that's list. part of his hustle, though. No, that's why it's just on my list and not something I'm actively running down because I mean, I mean, you see how we're moving over here. Man. I mean, we, we don't, don't got to deviate from the plan too hard right now, man. We but everything that we're talking about, Chris, that you're adding to your list is still part of the focus of you buying more, uh, if, selling if, more. If what you have isn't working, right? Like, so I, what I've got is working, so I'll share. All right. Uh, when you've got a beautiful family of people like charged up, uh, when you've got great relationships across your markets, you've been doing business for 13 years, you wake up on a daily basis and you have lead and deal opportunities falling in your lap that you got to vet and take advantage of. So it's, it's we can do a master class on that another time. Well, the subtle uh, flex, they're no big deal. But it's, yeah. I mean, you know, we're I mean, when, you run, when, when you run your business like Starbucks, you're just printing money. Like, you know, you know <laughs> it, just, what it reminded me of is when Floyd Mayweather used to get done with the fight. He's got a belt here. He's got a belt here. He's got three belts on. That's what that reminded me of. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was a great round. Great round. Uh, Kai, I hope the uh, panel answered your question. I'm pretty sure they did. Uh, Steve, you're on the board, sir. Boss man with a point. We are on the board at Real Estate Disruptors. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel vindicated. I feel vindicated. Right? <laughs> trying to beat, you know, trying to beat Chris and the bots at the same time is no easy task. Right? It's like when you're trying to beat the, the, the other team and the officials, it's rough. It's rough. Oh, you know, man. We overcome. We shall overcome. <laughs> well, perfect segue. Uh, to question number six, before we get there, uh, we do want to shout out the sponsor for today's episode, Bateman Collective. Steve, you want to drop a couple words for Bateman Collective? Yeah, you know, I actually got a chance to meet Brandon Bateman through Collective Genius. So, you know, thanks to Leon for making that happen. And uh, yeah, I mean, he runs uh, our, our pay-per-click campaign. And um, I mean, it's been a great service provider for us. And uh, I know that our students and our programs have used him as well. And they've been happy with the results. So uh, thank you right, for the sponsorship. Yeah, and I can I can attest to that. Brandon uh, and Bateman Collective, uh, they do PPC, SEO, and Facebook ads for a lot of our membership base. Okay. All right. And just a reminder, guys, there's 45 people, 46 people watching live right now. Just click the thumbs up for us, please. It'll help us kind of break the algorithm and get the show out there. Uh, feel free to share this with a colleague, with a family member, a friend. Let's get the views up for these guys. They're dropping free game each and every week, and we appreciate it. So let's get some more people tuned into that. All right, question number six. Steve, we're going to start with you. I hope G Knows Hoops is paying close attention to this one. How would you fix a business like the Lakers? Full of no culture, no chemistry, and just trash all around. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think you just got to scrape. You just got to scrape, right? Like, this is like a city came by and condemned your house and said, this is an unlivable property, <laughs> right? The plumbing doesn't work. The roof's falling off. The AC is, is just, it's after they took all the copper out, right? It's just the fins, right? 
you just gotta you just gotta scrape and start new, right? Take something new, something fresh, a beautiful looking home for a community, you know, a nice, wonderful, charming community like Los Angeles deserves a good looking home, right? Not the dumpster fire that it is. Okay, okay. Feel free to take extra time. This is the this is the no time limit round. Okay, that need it. Back it on the Lakers fan. Uh, let's go over to CJ. How would you fix a business like the Lakers? Yeah, I think first things first is just embracing the failure. Uh, I, I think, you know, when we hear these interviews and conversations about the Lakers, it's like, hey, they're going to restore the prominence this season or become a championship team this season. That's never really realistic when you've got a flawed or broken culture or, or chemistry on your team. So I think the first part of it is just embracing the failure of it, taking a look at the team, taking a look at the personnel from top to bottom, right, and seeing – Needs to stay. Who needs to go? Who's still contributing to the culture that we want to have, and who isn't? You know, it doesn't matter necessarily how great they are or aren't, but if they're not contributing to the culture that we want to continue to build and move forward with in the future, you know, then they got to go. And I think it kind of really starts there. Um, and 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 coaching, right? I think you know, Darvin Ham has come in. I think he's doing a bang up job right now as best he can, managing a lot of personalities uh, and 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 highly influential athletes on a team like the Lakers is, is, I'm sure, extremely difficult. So I think it's just embracing the failure, man, and working through those fail points and, and knowing that it's a long journey, it's not going to get fixed this year. Okay. Jesse, now, Jesse, I, I do want to help you out a little bit because I know you said you haven't caught any games. You're busy working. That's more important. But let's just say I, – I know I know all about their stuff. Oh, fire. no. <laughs> Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Uh, I just haven't watched much, but uh, I'm going to go uh, and use Steve's analogy and completely disagree with him. So <laughs> we're going to talk about scraping a house. Like that is the lazy, least efficient way you could ever do anything is you need to go you look at the bones of this house and see what's there. Who's aligned? Like, is there any fixtures I could use? Is the foundation still okay? What, what could I have? So you're going to talk to that collective team and you're going to show the new vision and, and this is how we're going to do it. And from there, you're going to figure out what you keep and what you get rid of and then build off that foundation, get everyone aligned and, and make good decisions. And that starts from, you know, the, the owner all the way down. And, you know, Jeannie needs to get her shit right to make sure that, you know, she could align the team properly down from the executives to the GM to the, the players are the ones on the floor doing everything. But if everything else is disruptive and, and there's no true direction, it's just going to compound and make their situation much, much worse. But I, I think you should think bring it down to the studs and, and see what you can keep and then build from there. Cause uh, scraping the house is just going to cost you too much more and take a lot longer than a normal remodel would. Hey, all right. And Leon G Barnes, bring us home. Give me your thoughts about the Lakers. If we take this away from sports, the competitive advantage that you have as a business owner is that you can actually go out and recruit that people that can help you right now. The Lakers can't do that. They can make trades and they've got, you know, they're kind of handcuffed on that as well. They can't, if they're recruiting or trading, that's really a next year play. So this doesn't relate to your business right now. I would be looking at and identifying the issues first, right? From there, I'm going to get lean and make sure I have the right people um, by my side that are on the bus with me for long term. And I'm going to make sure they're in the right seats. Okay. From there, here's what the Lakers cannot do. 
they cannot go out and get another LeBron right now. They cannot go out and get younger players unless they trade, which, again, their hands are, are tied. You can do that. Any organization that I've taken over, which I've done too, I've gone in and I've identified the people that can do the job, do a high level, and then I coach them up. From there, everybody else has got to go, and we bring in new talent, and we onboard them, and we coach them up. That's the biggest difference in this question between you and the Lakers. You can do something about it right now. Unfortunately, those losers can't. <laughs> so, Jesse, to your point, right, it is lazy that's great, but if it's a dumpster fire, right, like if it's actually burned down, the studs are unusable, right? Like there are, there are houses that were historic area. Right. Anthony, oh, he's not. <laughs> Chris, who's salvageable? Chris, who's salvageable? AD and LeBron. Rebuild. I think. I think LeBron. I, I don't think LeBron is done. I think he's got some gas left. AD. Yeah, he's got gas left. AD. I, I don't think looks like his for, close to his former self at all right now. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. You know, and Russ is. Yeah, I mean, there's no words for Russ. Yeah, yeah Russ, is, you know, Russ is Russ, you know. So if they were smart, and and I love this leadership general manager type moves, if they were smart, and I know they won't do this, the biggest assets that they have are AD and LeBron. Even though AD is a chandelier, he's still you know an asset. If they were smart, they'd trade them both. If mm, they were playing for the future, it. what's that? They could do what Utah did. Exactly right. They would trade them both. Uh, you necessarily as a business owner can't do that, but that's what they should do. You should identify your issues and go recruit talent. There is a ton of talent available. The Lakers don't have a ton of a talent that they can go and sign. There are a lot of people right now that are losing their jobs. And that ratio of two jobs to every one person that's unemployed is becoming less and less as more people are laying off. Guess who's available? Someone from Twitter is available right now. Go call them. <laughs> I think uh, I think uh, you look at – Like that recall? I like what, uh, what the Lakers are doing. I think they're tanking on purpose to get that 7-4 kid. Oh, well, yeah. that would be that would make total sense, Steve. But they don't have their first round draft pick. <laughs> New Orleans does. Oh, yeah, for because uh, each trader, you got it. It would yeah, make total. Yeah, yeah. Sense, but you, you guys also need to stop acting like the Jazz just won the championship. We're 14 <laughs> games into the season. You're, you're acting like a new wholesaler that's been wholesaling for three months, just did, you know, 20 deals, and now they're going to be doing more deals than RJ and Chris. I said nothing about them winning a championship. I just said this is a long-term play that's better for them because they knew they couldn't get over the hump of your team, the Warriors. So in order to make sure that they have a future – they had to blow the thing up. My, my team's dead and gone. My team's Seattle. I've been around for like twelve years, so I'm. I have no team. I'm. I'm the humbled. only. The only chance the Lakers have. Only chance. If maybe they convince Phil to come out of retirement. Man, no. Phil don't want nothing to do with the Lakers. No. <laughs> no. No one should want anything only... to do with Phil Jackson. Okay. And, no, and, and here's the thing that you know, leadership is is crucial, but. There's no coach right now that can make this team better than an eight seed. I promise you that. I All don't right. care who the coach is. 
I, I'm gonna have to just. I just wanted to argue with Steve and argue a point, but scrape the fucking team. They're gone. <laughs> <laughs> there you awesome. go. Drop the mic. That's awesome. That's amazing. Uh, Jesse, that was a perfectly well timed mic drop because you landslided question number six. Fifty seven percent of the voting has gone to you. Nice. Yeah, end the program with a W. How do you feel, sir? Taking home a win. Uh, if I didn't get it done, let me hear to the end of this. So if I don't know <laughs> this, this, this podcast, um, you know, I would have felt bad. And Chris just owning me, I, I can't do that. So I'd have to fly him <laughs> out here and go play him in something to where I could get some revenge. I'd have no to find doubt. some competitive edge there. There it is. All right. Well, you did take that round, but the overall winner of the show today was my guy, CJ. The U takes my another guy. cup home. Listen, this is my guy right there, man. <laughs> Shout out to the you, man. Weasel, what up? <laughs> you see how offended Steve was by that? My goodness. <laughs> my oh. guy. Oh, oh man. man. I call you ball. Percy. Weasel's a fellow brilliant idiot, man. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Shout out to all the regular season champs over there, man. All right. <laughs> All right, guys, that uh, will conclude the questions. Now, really quickly, before we ended the show and had everybody sign off, um, Steve, I know there was something that you uh, kind of wanted to say. Yeah, you know, I want to take this time. Uh, we have a, a difficult day today, you know, for our friend Christina Krause. A few of us know him or, or, or know her, I'm sorry, or all of us know her. Uh, at, on October 30th, uh, she lost her oldest daughter, uh, 19 years old, in a car accident, her, her daughter and her ex-husband. So, you know, take a moment to, you know, share thoughts and prayers for her because she's an incredible member of the real estate investor community. You know, everyone knows her, everyone loves her. And to go through such a tough moment today, right, uh, for the funeral. So um, they do have a GoFundMe. Uh, I was asked not to share it. So I would say if you want to donate to it, send me a direct message. I'll share it privately. I'm not going to post it on social media. Right. For that, thank you for your words. Everyone, please drop a prayer for uh, Christina. And you just a well wish will go a long way for that. Um, that is the conclusion of our program. I do want to go ahead and let everybody sign off really quickly. We'll start with this week's new arrival on the program. You held it down, Jesse. You held it down. I'm very proud of you, man. Thank you for your participation. Go ahead and sign off. I, I, I haven't watched the show all the way through. What, what do I do to sign off? <laughs> just say goodbye. Talk about awesome the rest of us are. <laughs> I, I'd like to thank all of you guys for having me on. Chris, Leon, Steve, you're all amazing people. Uh, this show is incredible. Thank you for being on. If I could fill in again, I would be more than happy to. But the, the knowledge that you guys are bringing to the community or whoever gets to watch this is, you guys, this is invaluable stuff. These guys are absolute superstars of what they do. The community that Leon uh, has built that I've begged to get into forever and I'm going to continue begging <laughs> um, is... <laughs> Is, is amazing, but and, and Chris is one of the most amazing people I've met. I met him a handful of years ago, and Steve has been a huge part of the success that I've had. So, thank you all, you guys, for having me on today. Awesome, great job again! Great yeah. job. Let's go over to Leon G. Barnes. Yeah, gosh, what a great show today! There's so much good stuff that uh, was shared here. Had some fun, got to talk a little more, but hopefully, 90%. Uh, today was uh, something that you can apply and use. I will tell you that right now is a time that if you're on the fence, you're a full-time real estate investor and you don't have a mentor, a coach, a community, 
you need to find one. Uh, the next six to 12 months are going to be very crucial for real estate investors. Continue to watch this show. CJ, Jesse, Steve, Jimmy, Mike, Eric, everyone. Oh, maybe even RJ one day will be back. Um, <laughs> we can see RJ uh, on the show. There, there's such, such great information being shared on this show that uh, continue to like and support and tell your friends. Uh, we have a blast doing this and had another blast today. Thanks for having me as always. All right, uh, boss man. Oh, it's not my guy? Okay, all right, so. My <laughs> guy, the boss man. What a insert adjective here to describe the relationship I have. Fun show, great show as always. You know, thank you all for watching. Um, you know, I see Summer here, so I was drinking this coffee mug right here. So, you know, in case you guys can't see it, Right. Um, That's my cup. <laughs> but, you know, again, uh, our, our focus right now is uh, helping people close more deals. Sales is more crucial, I believe, now uh, than ever. And so, you know, if you guys need help with sales, we're, we got our uh, disruptor sales training on. We're talking about acquisitions and dispositions. So if you guys are interested, again, uh, send us a send a message to the team, millionairesupport.com. Right. And for everyone who wasn't aware, that was my boss, my friend, my unofficial mentor, Steve. Your guy. <laughs> my guy. The training man. <laughs> and we'll go over to uh, this week's champion, CJ. Close us out. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to send some, some charged up merch over there to Steve uh, out in AZ, man, and get him fitted up right. But, uh, you know, shout out to everybody, man. Jesse, it was great to see you, man, and, and talk shop. Uh, Jesse, man, showed up and dropped a lot of games today. And uh, I think that's always a dope thing about what we're doing here. Everybody that participates week to week, just giving information and our thoughts and things that we've seen from our experiences uh, over the years, man. So it uh, feels good to win again. Uh, you know, it's something we're used to, but uh, definitely always good to win again. Uh, listen, if you want to find out more information about my coaching or anything like that, send me a DM on Instagram at the Chris Jefferson. DM me the word coaching. I'll hit you back. Peace. There it is. All right. That is today's episode of Part of the Disruption. We'll be back next week, 12.30 p.m.-ish. Daylight Savings has moved us back an hour in Arizona. The rest of you guys should be fine. So we'll see you guys so next Just week. be clear. 11.30 Eastern, 11.35 Chris Jefferson time. <laughs> I'll be here when I get here, man. I'll be here I'll when I get shows here. up, drops the mic, and walks away with the belt. No doubt. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Take care.